calling all overwhelmed coaching and service-based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business? Delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools, and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business, learn when it's time to hire a team, and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. It is great to have you back this week, and we are excited for our next guest. We are welcoming our friend Ann Poirier to the episode, to the podcast. And let me tell you a little bit about her, and then we'll jump in and have a nice little chat with her. Having overcome her own eating, food, weight, and body image challenges and drawing upon close to four decades of experience, Ann Poria put pen to paper and wrote the book, The Body Joyful, My Journey from Self-Loathing to Self-Acceptance, to share her highly personal and life-changing journey. She is the founder of Shaping Perspectives, a woman's way to joy and the leader of the Body Joyful Revolution community, an online source of support, encouragement, and inspiration for women of all sizes, shapes, and weights. This group of women are committed to rejecting society's thin ideal and diet culture so that they can feel more comfortable and confident in their bodies and selves. The mission is to impact our next generation by reducing body shaming, bullying, weight stigmatization, disordered eating, and eating disorders. Anne is a certified intuitive eating counselor, body confidence coach, self-talk trainer, and eating disorder specialist. Anne, welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Thank you for for having me. I'm so happy to be here with the two of you. We have known each other for a little while, and it's great to connect again and and have a chat. So thank you for having me. Thank you for for coming on. And you, like we were just saying, you do such great work, and it's so needed right now. So we appreciate really having you on. And I guess this is a great time to start thinking of these things. I don't know, with the holidays, everybody starts to beat themselves up with their eating and all of that. And just let's jump into everything. So tell us really what you do and how you help people and how you got started doing this. It's been a long journey, as you said, for decades. So I really have been fighting this almost, you know, most of my life, probably eight, what I was going to say, seven eighths of my life, right? Or (laughs) something like that but a lot of my life in this place of just not liking myself. And that's, I think it's women's happens for men as well, but women tend to find everything that they look at, wherever they go, there's something telling them there's something wrong with them Mm. or they're not quite right. And so when I work with women, it's really about how can we embrace all the other wonderful things about us and stop focusing on just weight and size and shape because that's really kind of the least interesting thing about a human being right? right? is our outer shell that we're in. It's so much more than that. And how can, how can we as women step into those things and do amazing work and impact others and be part of something greater as opposed to always worrying about 
what we look like or what others are thinking or the clothes we're wearing or what the scale says or the food that we're eating and all the things that get us all trapped that step us away from living life, really keeping Mm. us really, I call it being imprisoned, being imprisoned in this space of always thinking about what's the next thing I'm eating or should I be eating or shouldn't I be eating or have I exercised enough or, you know, all of that stuff that plays tracks in our brain. So it's funny. I was just talking to my aunt about this right before you, we jumped on this call with you. Like some people exercise, some people like I tend to go to food for comfort and that's a shame mechanism, right? In my mind, like if I think that way, if you blame yourself, right? Yeah. If you feel guilty, if you feel shameful about going to food. And yes. the interesting thing about food, I think that people don't know is that it's designed physiologically to comfort us, to put us into what we call the parasympathetic, to give us comfort and relaxation and rest. They call it the rest and digest, right? So when we eat, it does work. It actually does work for comfort and for relief momentarily. Mm-hmm. Until it doesn't. That's right? and, the problem. <laughs> right. Until the brain kicks in. And so when we can disconnect the brain afterwards and just say, oh, yep, well, it's no wonder that I just ate that because this is going on and I'm stressed. What other things maybe can I help myself with to calm myself down or to comfort myself that doesn't have to do with food, right? We mm-hmm. know food works and food can be part of the solution. Can it be not all of the solution? Can it be just part? And we can find other things that help us when we're angry or stressed, frustrated, all of the emotions that get us, that trip us up. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about who you work with and how. I work with women. I am a woman. So I work with women. It it just, it's, it sits right with me. You know, I am over 50. I have lived a life in a woman's body and I feel like that's what I know. So mm-hmm. I work with women who struggle with weight or body image, not feeling enough, who have been on the dieting yo-yo bandwagon for way too long and are tired of it and are looking for something different. You know, we know there's research out there and people know now that diets don't work because of a lot of different things. And yet there's nothing out there. They don't know where else to turn if they're not happy with themselves or they're not happy with their body. That's the only thing is either a diet or an exercise plan. That's the only thing that that's the only option that most people know. And there are a lot of other ways, a lot of other things that impact our weight, number one. And then there's a lot of other things that we can do to help us feel better about ourselves. Agreed. I might be going off track here, but like if you were to pick the one thing that you think causes people to I'm messing up here. And this is completely authentic right here because I feel I think I feel I fall into probably your di- your demographic here um of somebody who struggles with body image and weight issues and would you say mindset yeah is absolutely. a huge problem? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because it is the way we think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what the book dives into. You know, so when we think about this where does it come from? Where do our beliefs come from about weight? And it usually comes from the people that we hear around us. You know, we don't blame our parents, but they have a role, right? It's not their fault because they're only doing what they know. And then we have society and society is what I call society's thin ideal, you know, Mm -hmm. that Kelly read. 
And that is part of this is that society, you can't look anywhere without seeing people in only one size body. Mm-hmm. And that creates stress and it creates unworthiness and it creates, oh, well, I must not be right. And how do we take a look at our belief system? Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? So there are, I call them seeds. There are seeds of these beliefs that get planted when we're young. Mm-hmm. And one of the analogies I use is, you know, my mother used to ever always say, don't wear stripes across your, you know, don't wear horizontal stripes. Cause it'll make you look big. And so, you know, for how many years did I not wear horizontal stripes? Right. For my, right. Exactly. Yeah. my life, like, well, oh, I can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, so you hear these messages. And when I was going into middle school and the story is in the book, but not being able to fit into like the regular kids clothes and having to go towards the back of the store, you know, the good old Sears section in mm-hmm. Husky and had to huskies. buy clothes in a different, yeah, Huskies huh, had to wear a different size clothing. So all of a sudden yeah. there's all this kind of proof for myself that I don't have the right size body. Mm-hmm. And that just, it got stronger and stronger and stronger as I continued through school. And what really hit me hard in middle school was feeling not good enough, feeling not like the other kids, Yeah, living in a bigger body, quote unquote, right? Whatever that means, just not like the other kids, right? different. And so I did go on a diet because that's what I figured I had to do. And unfortunately, my diet ended up I ended up having an eating disorder with that. So I spent three years fighting anorexia nervosa in the seventies when no one ever even knew what it was. And thank goodness, my mom was relentless and was continuing to try to find some help for me, but I got some help kind of enough to get me out of trouble, Yep, you know, to get me safe, but not really enough to change the mindset of what I still thought of myself. Right. So let me just clarify, you went from being on the bigger side in the husky section to anorexia. Yes. That is mind blowing. And that speaks to the trauma of the the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In our own, the way we think of ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? right. And I think I try to get us all to understand how powerful our own thoughts of our, the way we think about ourselves can impact obviously it impacts our behaviors so our thoughts and those beliefs mm-hmm. impact our behaviors and our actions yeah so if i feel like this this is what i think i need to do so yeah. there's my behavior right mm-hmm. and then spiraling past that moving into other kinds of compulsive behaviors you know binge eating mm-hmm. over exercising all of those pieces fell into my life <laughs> as behaviors, as I went along. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just changed one addiction for another, really. Right. right? Yeah. Um, Or one medicator. I call them medicators, right. Cause we're trying to just numb ourselves out. Yeah. How can I not feel horrible in my body? Right. I'll do this. I'll control this Mm -hmm. or I can't control this or, you know, it's that whole calculation, Mm -hmm. you know, in in your head, counting up, adding, subtracting, Mm-hmm. Lots math, of, <laughs> lots of all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's so interesting how um, we always know what to do. People know what to do, but to actually do it, there's a, the 
mindset gets in the way. Mm -hmm. Our belief system gets in the way, the way we see ourselves. That's that's a a link to the shaping perspectives, right? That name came from how can we shift our perspective of ourselves? Mm -hmm. You know, mind, body, soul, food, exercise, all of it. Mm -hmm. it. It just trips us up all the time. People think if you're thin, that you're all set, you know, you're having all healthy. together. Right. But on the big. flip side, Kelly, if you're overweight, then you eat too much and you're sloppy and you're lazy. Right. You're but not healthy. That's not true either. Right. Exactly. We all know people in small bodies. I use this, this, the term, you know, small bodies and yeah. um, larger bodies, right? Because we all have, have different size bodies. Yeah. And my smaller and larger is different than everybody else's too. Yeah. Right. So those are, those are all just interesting thoughts and perspectives yeah. to think. But we all know people in smaller bodies that are healthy and people in smaller bodies that are unhealthy. We all know people in larger bodies that are healthy. And we know people in larger bodies that are unhealthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It all comes down to the behaviors. How are exactly. we behaving? Mm-hmm. But like you said, Melissa, and that's the weight stigmatization that mm-hmm. pops in, right? People assume, oh, if you look like this, you must be, you know, if you're in a small body, oh, you must have it all together. You, everything must be great. Bah, bah. Yeah, I, I do that a lot. I'm like, la, la. Because it just gets me wound up. Right. And then the other, um, the other side, you know, if you're in a larger body, people think this and this and this and this. And neither mm-hmm. are true. Right. You know, it's all assumption. And then how can we shift that? And how can we create role models that mm-hmm. can help our younger generation so they don't fall into this whole this is good, this is bad kind of trap. This yeah. is right, this is wrong. Because that's not the way any of us show up in the world. It's Absolutely different. Well, I want to tell you about an experience that I had recently. I started going to therapy during the pandemic because I feel, felt like I there was a lot going on, you know, pandemic trauma. I wanted to go through childhood trauma things. Mm-hmm. Not that I had abusive parents. I don't want anyone to think that, but like, you Disclaimer. know, And if any of my family or friends is listening, I was not abused as a child. Just small things, especially around like my dad is sick. I have weight issues, obviously. And I know that there are small T traumas around. Why do you carry weight? So I asked the therapist, I said, I want to talk about this trauma around my weight, like why I can't lose it, whatever. She says to me, well, I have a great book on nutrition. Oh, thanks. I said, okay, I really know a lot. I know that all there is to know about nutrition. I, I myself could probably write a book around nutrition. (laughs) That is not what I want to talk about. I want to talk around my, about my mindset around nutrition. What am I holding on to that doesn't allow me to lose the weight? And that was it. That was my last time with her because I was like, she doesn't get me. She doesn't understand the disconnect here. Yeah. And I feel like it's super important for people like you in the world who are there to help people come to terms with the mind drama around weight and, you know, loving themselves as they are. Mm-hmm. So having told you my story, mm-hmm. I would love you to talk more about your book well, and, how, I, and your group, your Facebook group, because that community is amazing. Yeah. The, let's start with the community because the community is a place where... <laughs> we can change the conversation around all of this. Right. And I, I named it 
the body joyful revolution because it is a revolution. We're fighting an uphill battle. There is way too much. I mean, the diet industry is a 70. I, last time I checked, it was a $72 billion a year industry. So mm -hmm. it's crazy. And it is the best. I hate to say this, but it is the best business model because oh, it fails. So you, mm. <laughs> you buy into it and you buy into it again. And then, oh, let's buy into it again, even though, oh, let's buy, you know, so it's a continuous yo-yo cycle. And yep. that is so frustrating. So this group is a place where how do we look differently at our bodies? How do we look differently at food? How can we turn off a great way of thinking as I think about turning down the volume of society and turning down the volume of our own internal thoughts and beliefs around ourselves, and then turn up the volume of really tuning into our own bodies. How does my body feel when I do this? How does my body feel when I eat this? Right. And letting go of all the stories that we tell ourselves around the food that we eat or the exercise that we do or the things we can't do or should do or have to do or need to do all of those words. And so this is, this community is just a place where we, we change the conversation and we talk about really different things. And we start to peel away some of the layers so that we see ourselves as really what we bring to the table. You know, what are our likes? What are our dislikes? Uh, what are our belief systems around what's important, right? How do I want to make a difference? How do I want to show up in the world? And if we're hiding behind weight, we don't show up in the world. Hmm. We so say true. no, right? Mm -hmm. We say, no, well, I can't do that. Well, no, I can't do that. Or I don't want to go there. I don't want to. And then we miss out on experiences, memories, um, things that we would love if we could actually kind of get out of our own way and say, you know what? I don't care what people think. And that's not easy. It's right. much easier to care what people think. And that's kind of the work that we do is to allow space where you get validated and you get heard and you get seen for who you are, not, not what you look like. So that community, for me, the real goal of it is to try to create different role models for our next generation because I this has that. been going on forever. Well, know? let me ask you a question before you do start talking about yeah. your book, because I do want to talk about that, but I have a twofold question. Okay. Number one, you, now you've been paying attention to this for four decades, like you said, right? When we are probably not paying as much attention to it as you are, because you're dedicating your life's work to this. Do you feel, in your opinion, that it has gotten any better, like society-wise, for lack of a better word, media-wise, like all the messaging mm -hmm. around all of this, like, and the visuals that we see out in the world as a one-size people. And hopefully that question makes sense. And mm -hmm. do you think that the, pan do you feel like the pandemic reset the playing field because now everybody's sort of been stripped down to everyone feels the same way now when they go out. I've been trapped in my house now for almost two years. And now I have to show up as my authentic self. I probably don't fit into the same clothes I used to, no matter which way I went. And mm -hmm. so do you feel like it's almost sort of reset things for people to sort of show up as themselves? Or are we just still stuck where we've been? 
that's a great two-part question. So I'll, I'll address the first part first. I do think it's getting better because I do think we're seeing some different images. You do have to look for them. Yeah. One of the first things um, I do with anybody I work with is, is let's take a look at your social media feed. And mm. is, it, is it empowering you or is it you just making you feel bad about yourself? You know, so we do kind of a, a sweep of social media because there are some really great resources out there for people if they look for them or if they know where to, where to look for them. So I do think it's getting better. And there is a lot of talk on the concept of intuitive eating, which is what I use. It's also been used as, unfortunately, as a diet and been pulled in a different direction as well. So you have to really be careful if you're looking for an intuitive eating instructor to make sure that they, they're not on that path. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that's good or bad about food or right or wrong about food, it's, that's, that's going to be a diet framework, mm-hmm. right? So we have to think about, because all foods, as you say, on a level playing field, all foods are on a level, level playing field. Yeah. And we look at it that way so that, the, so that the guilt and the shame doesn't get caught in and make up our mind around stuff. So I do think it's getting better. And I think that there are some resources out there. There's tons of resources I say there are tons of resources, but that's only because, as you said, I've been in this and mm-hmm. I've been searching for them. They're not as prevalent as I would like them to be. Yeah. So that's thus trying to push the envelope a little bit and get as many people to start thinking differently about yeah. it all. So it is getting better, but it's still not quite where it's not where we need it. We're fighting an uphill battle. And as you said, for the pandemic, for the pandemic, I think it's dropped us down. I think it's, it's not reset. This is just, this is my opinion, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, it's reset us in a, in a negative fashion because people are always talking about their weight and and the weight that they Mm -hmm. gained. And they're still Mm -hmm. like the diet industry almost went whoosh. And with the diet industry going like this, they've renamed themselves. Oh, we're a, you know, we're behavioral. We, um, oh yeah. Yep. We're yep, a lifestyle. Yep. I know what you're saying. We're not a diet. We're a lifestyle yeah. change, right? If there is something that you are taking out of your, and I use the word diet in this sense, in the, in the, your way of eating Yep. in order to lose weight or in order to change your body, regardless of what it is, that's a diet. Mm. Even if you're just limiting it. I mean, I guess there's moderation and everything, but right. there's one system in particular that labels them like red, yellow, green. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel when you eat a red food would be the question I ask. Yeah, probably yeah. not as good as when you eat a green. <laughs> right. And not only feel physically, but how do you feel emotionally? Yeah. What happens to the brain and what happens to what we talk about? If a food physically doesn't necessarily agree with you, yeah. Or an amount of the same food doesn't agree with you, but a, a smaller amount does. Like that's the tuning in that we find with intuitive eating is how does food feel with us? Regardless mm-hmm. of red, yellow, green, let's talk about number one, are you tasting it? Does it taste good? Are you hungry? Where are you? What's going on emotionally? And then when you eat it, are you enjoying it? And then letting it go and moving on? Or are you beating yourself up for three days? So those are kind of the questions and the things that we talk about when it comes to food. So I think with your question, Kelly, 
because it's masked a little bit, it's hard for people to distinguish what is a diet and what masked. I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of covered over. It is for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And then people on a whole, depending on their stories and their experiences of their life, gaining weight during the pandemic could really alter their mental state tremendously. Mm. Losing weight during the pandemic could alter their mental state severely. So there's no matter what, I think that this period of time has been so highly stressful and stress impacts weight. Can we even step away from the whole weight piece to all together and step into this stress piece and then talk about that? Because I think that right now, when you say those words about where has it gone, can we look at stress and say, well, it's no wonder Mm -hmm. weight's been impacted on either side. Whether right. people, right, whatever ha- stress will do either. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, because some people, their stress response is to not eat. Like exactly. they could go days and weeks without, yeah. not weeks, but days without eating. And and then, you know, the other end, which is you just, you eat. You right. just, yeah. So it right. doesn't, oh, right. stress. I know it, it hits both sides. It does. Yeah. yeah. It is looking at the stress piece of this past year and a half, boy. Yeah. Really, really difficult. Stress is our sympathetic nervous system and relaxation is our parasympathetic. That's the side. So I talk to my clients about how can we find, we're never going to get into parasympathetic fully, right? But how can we find these pockets of this, you know, periods of time where we can calm ourselves down and relax and allow ourselves to breathe? Yep. That's where self-care comes in. And what does that look like? And we have been push, 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 push for so long. And this is just throwing a lot of people for a loop. Mm. Self-care is not selfish. Absolutely not. A lot of people feel like it is, especially people that have children feel like if they take time out for themselves to care for themselves, then they're being selfish. And uh, we need to change the tune on that. I'll use this example. I make my own coffee before I feed the cats and I tell them I'm putting my oxygen mask on first. I sound like a crazy cat lady, but my coffee first because that's my self-care. That's awesome. It is. When you bring up children, what a wonderful lesson we can teach them Mm -hmm. if we're taking time for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay to take time for yourselves. And what is the definition of self-care? In the past, it's been, you know, manicures and massages and all of those kind of things. But what if self-care is laughter? What if self-care is feeding ourselves? What if self-care is stepping out and taking a walk in nature? What if self-care is taking a nap? Because we need a nap. Yeah. That's what I call self-care. I love naps. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a nap. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat something. Right. Yep. I'm bored. I'm going to do something. I'm going to engage my mind. I'm going to color. I'm going to write. I'm going to read. I'm going to take a walk. Like that's, that's self-care listening mm. and tuning into your body. Absolutely. So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about the book. And <laughs> when it, when, when you're listening to this, it's been out now just over a week, literally mm. a week and a day. We're already on the bestsellers list by now, right? It's Absolutely. A week and a day. Absolutely, yeah. Anna, <laughs> Anna's on the world tour. <laughs> so tell us about the book and and what made you write it and what 
what are you hoping that your readers will get from it? I hope readers will realize they're not alone in the way that they they think. This is a part memoir, part self-help. So it is a really, I try to lay out why I did the things I did. Like actually, where did anorexia nervosa come from? Why did it continue to play a role the way that I thought play a role in the decisions that I made a lot of my life? And then this tipping point where I realized, wait a minute, I'm just trying to continue to beat myself up. This isn't working. There's got to be another way. And that space of, okay, now when we think that way, I didn't know what to do. And so it was going back to school and it was researching. It was going to a therapist, talking to a therapist and saying, hey, I need some help, getting on some medication. So there was a lot of pieces, but it was a choice that I made finally to step into myself versus continue to beat myself up. So after coming out of it, I realized I wasn't sure of how it all was put together until I stepped back from it and I saw it all. And then I could easily see this pathway. Well, it's no wonder I chose that. It's no wonder I did that. It's no wonder I did that. That's, you know, one of my key phrases. Well, it's no wonder. Right. And I look at it and I go, my goodness. Well, of course, that's why I landed where I did. Yeah. yeah. And so by seeing that, I pulled back and I really wanted to share the story. I went to a writing workshop and it was wonderful. Her name was Nancy Arney. And I remember um, you had to write, she would give you a prompt, you had to write. And the very first thing I wrote, the prompt was, I'll never forget, it was dinner at my house was. Mm. And so then you just write for 10 minutes and then you have to read it to this group with a stipulation that it's nothing negative coming at you. It's all positive. It's all, you know, positive or nothing either way, but nothing negative. And uh, when I read it, number one, I had uh, sweats yeah. and chills, <laughs> like, you know, cause, cause you're sharing something that's pretty intimate, but the way people saw it and took it and said something, I, I realized I had something to say. Yeah. Most chapters have step backs. So there's a couple of questions at the end of each chapter. And I have a series of readers right now reading, you know, reading the arc. When this comes out, it'll be out. But what they're telling me is it's an easy read and it's also a slow read because if you want to do the work, you can take mm. your own, you can take your own body joyful journey on this, on this book. So I'm really proud of the, I'm just proud of it. Yeah. I'm terrified because it's, you know, you're, you are putting yourself out there, but it's a, a wonderful thing to know that I hope people will be able to see themselves in it and also to, to come out of it going, I'm okay. Yeah. I have some choices that I can, I get to make. And am I willing to make this choice? Maybe, maybe not. And neither is right or wrong. And um, just shift, maybe shift some perspectives and hopefully shift the way we not only see ourselves, but that we see other people. Hmm. It has five sections and um, you'll understand, you know, it's a gardening, it's a gardening thing. So seeds and rooting and weeding and then replanting and flourishing. So it kind of walks you through this. That's perfect. Yeah. I love the garden. (laughs) 
I can't garden, but the garden analogy works great. <laughs> I can't garden. <laughs> I like getting my fingernails dirty, mind you, but <laughs> right, it doesn't always. I always say I, I'm just happy that my kids are still alive. I they they. Um, so you grew them. some seeds. You planted yeah, you them. Grew and them. Grew, yes, grew them, them, and they stayed alive. So that was yeah. good. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Is there already a, a you know another book screaming to come out, or what's what? Are you giving yourself some time or are you already thinking ahead? I'm, I am definitely thinking ahead and my brain goes in way too many different directions. So part of me really wants to do something young adult because Ooh. I think that there's the need for a need Smart. for this to be addressed earlier. Mm-hmm. So there's that piece that's kind of talking to me. And then the other piece is the, the way we move through life because pregnancy and getting older also are ways that we, we start to want to see ourselves differently yeah, because sure. our body is changing. Right. And so there's that. And then there, I mean, there's definitely some other things in there. I just don't know where I'm headed quite yet. So I'm just giving myself some time to get this out into the world and maybe by, you know, with feedback, I'll, I'll have a clearer path, but right now I'm in the weeds. I'm like, not sure exactly. Which yeah. way to go. So. <laughs> you give yourself some time to breathe. Yeah. But uh, it sounds like all of your ideas would make really great seeds. Yeah. 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 And how you see how, how you, how you manage moving into, you know, your sixties and your seventies and what does that look like? And, you know, yeah, even even your perspective of like forties and fifties for premenopausal menopausal women, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Since I'm past that, I'm like, yes. (laughs) because <laughs> yes, I was in it. Now yeah. I'm, now I'm looking ahead and going, ooh, what about over there? Says the women go, starting to go through it are like, give us your advice. Tell us what you know. That's a whole other. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah. podcast. Yeah, you're absolutely right, though. The menopause, whole, the whole menopause sliding in and mm-hmm. moving through is not an easy thing to, to go through. But if you know what to expect, and if you're kind and compassionate to yourself as things change, because our bodies are going to change, mm-hmm. our bodies will change in 10 years, regardless, mm-hmm. because life is different. Our experiences are different. You know, things change. And why would we expect our body today to be like our body 10 years ago? Mm, right. We've, we've lived 10 years of life. You know? Isn't this funny? They have a what to expect when expecting, but not a what to expect when you're getting older cruising cruising through old age yeah it's very true there you go melissa there's your book (laughs) yes i'm in what to expect when you're turning it into an old hag (laughs) when you're in your late 40s and you're like holy schnowskis how did this happen where did the time go right oh it goes how'd i get here yeah yeah it's, so do you work with people like one-on-one or in groups or both a little combination? Did we touch upon that? I feel like we didn't know. I feel like I'm there. Yeah, I do one-on-one mostly and it's virtual most of the time, but I also do some small groups. I am doing a very small intimate live group in November, the fifth through the seventh uh, in a beautiful place that I had uh, a couple of years ago before, before all of this, I had it scheduled for last year and we, we weren't able to to do it obviously, but it, it will be uh, in a body joyful weekend. It'll nice following some of the step backs in the book, but following that. And it's, so that will be small. And I'm hoping next, next year to do a couple of live events and then also 
continue the one-on-one training. And if anything pops up for groups, I continue to, you know, always explore those kind of things. I do lots of challenges. The Body Joyful Revolution is an awesome place. So we, we throw challenges in there and there's tons of references and things you can gather there, tools and resources. So, but then I'm always available for some one-on-one work. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I think people, people need it. And and even if they step into that group, you'll get a lot of value just out of that. You know what I mean? And then get this book. Yeah. I found some great resources in your group, Annie. Like I said, I'm really proud of it. And then that's the body joyful name is kind of spun through this whole, you know, I have a six month one-on-one series that we go through, which is the body joyful and then the body joyful revolution, which is free. And then this book. And so it's, it's been a streamlined finally of the work that I've been doing on myself Mm -hmm. and then opening the door to say, there's lots of things we can all do. Let's, Let's gather together in collective wisdom and share and you know, how can we move through this all together? It's a revolution. That's how, yeah. what, how revolutions work, right? Yeah, yes. exactly. exactly. So you can get Annie's book on her website, mm-hmm. shapingperspectives.com. Mm-hmm. And it's the book tab. So it's forward slash the body joyful, the dash body dash joyful. <laughs> and also it's on Amazon. But mm-hmm. uh, if you order from, from Anne's website directly, Likely she's going to be sending it out because I did see a picture of her with a big box of books. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yep. You can order from anywhere, but we do have on uh, the website, we have some special bonus offers there. So yeah, I cre- have created an online journal that people can work with the book with. Oh, that's awesome. So that's they, awesome. Yeah, if they, if they pre-order now, they get that as well. So also tell us where your group is located. Right on Facebook. It's a private group. So you know, everything is stayed in within the, whatever stays in the body joyful revolution or is talked about there stays there. So uh, it's right on Facebook that you can <laughs> what happens find in it. Vegas. Yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. The body joyful revolution Facebook group. It is yep. literally facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash body joyful revolution. Right. We'll be right. dropping those links, all of the links, all of the things in the show notes and if you're in our Facebook group, you will see Anne in that Facebook group as well. So she's everywhere. She is everywhere. And uh, if you have any questions for her, jump in her group. You can get her on her website as well. And where else do you hang out? Uh, oh, not I, like physically, like coffee shops and stuff, but on the, the beach. Um, yeah. <laughs> Instagram and for your 11 Instagram and uh, on LinkedIn. So those are, those are two of my other platforms, um, awesome. mostly Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and um, LinkedIn. So Perfect. Twitter a little bit, you'll see, you know, splashes. It's making a comeback. It is making mm-hmm. a comeback. So people yeah. are starting to, you know, it's all cyclical. Everyone's start, starting to migrate back over there because it's just getting busy everywhere. So yes, exactly. Yeah. we'll put all the old links in the show notes. And I want to, I mean, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us because it is, I mean, we'll say it 90 times it's needed, uh, mm-hmm. especially now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you both for having me. And um, it's great to see you both and congratulations on all that you're doing. So thank you. Likewise. I can't wait to celebrate your bestseller success. Whatever seller success. I'm good. Right. With it. <laughs> let's so, do it. Right. Let's do yeah. it. Right. So right. be it. So it is. That's so, it. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is it for our episode of this week's episode. But again, you can find us in our Facebook group after you join Anne's Facebook group. Ours is the Business Managers Podcast Facebook group. And we're growing a little community in there, doing some things. And we always let you know about our upcoming guests and any free gifts that they may have. And we'll drop all these links in there as well. And join us next week for our next episode. Who knows what's going to happen? You never know what's going to happen. And everybody have a great week. We'll see you. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at MergioEnterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.